Hello, friends. Welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. I'm your host, Heidi Ganahl, a wife, mom of four, CU Regent, and the founder of Camp Bow Wow and The She Factor. With a passion for keeping the spirit of our state alive and well, I started this podcast to bring the people of Colorado together to celebrate the amazing state we call home. Come along on this journey with me as I travel across our old country roads in my vintage RV, interviewing folks that embody the true spirit of the Rocky Mountains. From the Front Range to the Mile High City to the Wild West of Southern Colorado, we'll celebrate the history, beauty, and Coloradans that make this place the colorful state it is. Each week, you'll meet people trailblazing the way for an even more colorful future for us all, making a huge difference along the way. Are you ready for a Rocky Mountain ride? Let's do this, Colorado. Welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. Today we took a road trip up to Boulder, one of my favorite places, and we're meeting Jill Katzenberger, who is doing a really cool project up here for kids and STEAM and for the community overall. So Jill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Heidi. Thanks for coming up. Oh, we're so happy to be here. And I want to hear more about how you came up with this idea and how it came to life. Yeah, so um, I am the executive director for Junkyard Social Club, a new community space opening up in Boulder by the end of the summer. It's really a new look at what does a museum educational experience feel like for a family if we take it out of a traditional setting and put it in a place where it feels fun to play, explore, hang out, and kind of just be. (laughs) So the Junkyard Social Club is part community space, part adventure playground, part maker space um, and for all ages. That's fantastic. And it was so exciting to drive up and see that, that one of the original Camp Bow Wows is right around the corner. That's right. It's like, wow, this is meant to be. Yep. There's a lot of innovation going on in this block. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're located right by Foothills and Pearl Parkway by Camp Bow Wow, Boulder Indoor Soccer. Um, yeah, it's a great little spot in <laughs> Transit Junction, kind of like businesses that have popped up and figured out how to thrive. Uh, off of sort of like the main drags of Boulder, but yeah. great adjacent adjacency to like Longmont and Louisville and Lafayette, where a lot of families live now. Well, I lived in Boulder with my kids for a long time. We just moved down south, but um, this is such an incredible community of parents and families, and the kids are always looking for adventure. Like they're they've got that mindset right because that's kind of the Boulder lifestyle, Colorado too. But tell me a little bit about the kids who will enjoy this and and why they'll want to come here and keep coming yeah, back. Yeah. Well, so um, I guess kind of like to to back up even to your first question around like what inspired the concept. Yeah. We spent some time thinking about what does a hands-on learning museum space look like for Boulder, and various groups have tried things over the years, and yeah, it became clear that we needed to do something different. Mm -hmm. Um, We also have learned, and through my experience um, working outside of, of this job at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, that a lot of kids thrive in spaces where there's kind of like unrestricted ability to, to play and wonder and follow their curiosity. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our identities as, whether it's artists or scientists or even just outside of the box thinkers, I feel like come from experiences that we have out of the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, They're more rooted in who we are and how we've experienced the world. So it's, yeah, creating a space where all kids, and I think, you know, Boulder kids or, kids beyond Boulder will have that opportunity to 
learn by playing, doing, experiencing, following their own ideas, curiosities, and having the permission to, you know, say yes and try <laughs> things, and it's okay if it fails. Um, so yeah, I think that it's, I'm hoping it's going to be an accessible experience for, for all kids. Yeah. And, you know, Boulder has lots, uh, lots, you know, while, while it's not <laughs> one of the most diverse parts <laughs> of the country for sure, we do have Latinx families, we have families with, you know, kids that are extremely able-bodied, ready to move and adventure, and then, you know, we're also creating experiences where kids that have have different, you know, different abilities or needs, yeah. um, neurodiverse needs, can also feel safe and comfortable to play and explore. So really trying to think about how we can make it accessible for all. That's fantastic. Tell me a little bit about your journey to the Science Museum and then, um, like, how did you get interested in science as a kid? Yeah, that's, um, that's a great question. I think it, it originated from a deep love of animals. Really? Um, but I grew up in the foothills of Colorado above Golden and Lookout Mountain. So yeah, I was a kid that played outside for most of my childhood, catching bugs <laughs> and probably putting things in my mouth that shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, love the outdoors and then developed a, a deep love for animals and I think at the time I didn't even really equate that with science mm -hmm. but then um, went to school for environmental science and with a minor in conservation biology so mm -hmm. kind of that love of animals translated in wanting to understand all the ways in which animals adapt to our changing environments and just like the cool features <laughs> that make them unique in the ways that they they thrive and survive um, and yeah, that, that was also a fun just passion to be able to share when I was at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science too. That's wonderful. Um, tell me a little bit about what your family and friends think about you starting this. Like you're an entrepreneur now, you're reaching out and building a, a community and a business. So talk, to, talk about the entrepreneurial side and the business startup side. <laughs> oh, that's, that, you know, that's probably the side that makes me lose the most sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone. Um, yeah, so I, I guess maybe like part of our journey, um, we started, a, a small group of us started thinking about, you know, what does Boulder need as far as community spaces? What does a hands-on science museum feel like here? Um, my good friend, Kristen Lawrence, was the CEO and seed funder for a few years. At that point, we called the project The Hopper, <laughs> and um, we looked at it as a for-profit and non-profit endeavor, mm -hmm. and we were circling investors. Um, it became clear that creating a community space wasn't the easiest pitch when you're trying to give 2x returns on uh, somebody's investment. So we kind of got thrown in um, on the ent entrepreneurial side of things, and then, Last spring, um, we had, and I'm gonna call it the opportunity, but it was sort of the realization that the current direction we were going wasn't the right fit and had the opportunity to pivot. Mm -hmm. And so myself and my co-founder, Ryan Madsen, decided to go full nonprofit. At that point, I took over as executive director. Uh -huh. Kristen still owns our building, out, building outright, but she is, um, more of an advisor at yeah. this point. And it, yeah, we, we got to kind of settle into a place where it could be community driven, developed, um, 
then we sort of switched from investor pitches to writing grants. <laughs> um, doesn't necessarily take the weight and responsibility of opening a business you know, off our shoulders, but I, I do feel like there's a sense of relief in not feeling like we're trying to create something that is beholden to investors, if that yeah. makes sense, um, that it can be really for the community and what the community wants. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a tumultuous journey with COVID, and oh, I, I know, know that all that businesses <laughs> have felt that. In a way, if I have to like look at the the positives, it gave us some space to breathe to make sure that we were doing things right. I think we would have tried to have opened and pulled something off much faster to, you know, just because like rent and things like that are real. Um, but COVID made it necessary to take some time and gave our artists more time to create and talk to you know people and bring in volunteers as people became began to feel comfortable mm -hmm. you know working on things outdoors during covid um, so yeah i think that uh, i don't know in a way i wouldn't have ch i wouldn't change the way that things have unfolded because i feel like we've set ourselves up at this point to to both have a space that will make all ages feel excited and inspired, um, but also have a community that is growing and hungry for you know connection mm -hmm. and play and getting outside of their <laughs> lockdown world. You know, so um, so yeah, maybe like the perfect storm will collide and we open by the end of the summer and everybody will be really ready for it. Oh, I think so. I just got a glimpse, a little glimpse of it a few minutes ago, and I'm excited to have you take me on a yeah. tour in a minute. But I want to ask you one question first. Um, as an entrepreneur, as a startup now, um, one of the most important things you can do is surround yourself with people to help you and support you in your journey, right? And building community. And I think, as you mentioned, people need that so desperately right now after being locked in our houses for a year and a half or however long it's mm -hmm. been. Um, what do you think about uh, what do you think has shifted with the boulder startup community is it um are people still really connected and together or is is that coming back how's that right now after covid we just launched a crowdfunding campaign and the the way that it was received in terms of just like how quickly it spread through both like our network and beyond really made it it, it was very validating uh. in the, the that People are excited and ready, not just because of a year and a half of being locked down, but also seeing our town shifting in ways in which it's lost a bit of the artistic, weird character yeah, that was yeah. a part of it in the 70s. Um, and yes, there are tech thriving businesses, Amazon, <laughs> Google, <laughs> Twitter in town. And there are needs around those businesses and sort of a culture around it, but there are a lot of people that also want to make sure that we are maintaining the things that made Boulder unique in kind of this like artist mecca back in the day. That's so, so well said, and that's it's so accurate. I went to school here in the 80s, you know, see Boulder, grew up in Monument down the road, but um, it was, it seemed like such a small town back then. And um, just, you knew everybody, you'd walk down Pearl Street and say hello to neighbors. And uh, I do think as it's grown, you're right, there are things that are good about the growth and things that we miss. And so um, really grateful for you for bringing that back to, to Boulder, to the community we love, so. Happy to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and happy to create a space where more people can 
become involved and bring their own forms of creativity and culture uh, and allow it to grow from there. Because yeah, this is going to be a space that is just constantly evolving as our community grows. Well, how about we go on a tour? Yes, let's do it. Okay. All right, Jill, let's go on a tour. Show us around. Okay, yeah, so welcome to the Junkyard Social Club. So as I mentioned before, Adventure Playground, but within the Adventure Playground and also inside, it feels more like a beer garden or coffee shop. So again, nice. a space that feels more like home, like your backyard, where it's comfortable to hang out and play, and then the learning and exploration kind of gets layered on top of that. So follow me in. Over here we see our giant pile of skis that we haven't totally come up with a plan for yet. <laughs> but part of this journey has been finding weird objects and figuring out how we can repurpose them in fun ways. <laughs> so those may become the railing to a fort at some point, maybe part of a giant bird nest. So here we are in our outdoor adventure playground. Behind me, we call this the cubicle, um, all made out of repurposed wood. So this structure acts kind of more like a scaffolding for play, not trying to prescribe how you want to play on it as a kid. Lots of different ways that you can climb through to get up and around. But then uh, when we're open, our staff will be trained to just do sort of pop-up moments of exploration where they bring out loose parts that change kind of how the kids play, sort of like introducing a new variable. So maybe it's ropes and buckets and pulleys and golf balls, and they've got to figure out how to move things across the structure. Or it's tarps and giant wood clamps, and they're creating little shantytown forts underneath it. So different ways that you can experience, as well as you know, just be physical and move the body. But we want to also challenge them as problem solvers and divergent thinkers that work together to you know, kind of come up with new ideas. The back side of it is a water feature with a giant bathtub, cloth of bathtub that will fill up and the kids can hoist up buckets and dump buckets down the big sink and it goes down all the different gutters. Oh, that's cute. Um, behind us is a, a bus that I acquired from a salvage yard in Erie, got it out, but we're going to turn that into a cozy tea lounge with plush carpet and pillows <laughs> and coffee table for kid tea parties, but also, you know, a fun spot where if you're adults trying to ideate around, you know, a new project or something like that, having creative environments where you can talk and collaborate and share. My co-founder Ryan and I are also both circus performers, so performance is a big part of our world. So Wait, 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 that <laughs> wasn't on your bio. I need to hear a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, I perform and teach aerial acrobatics. Um, been doing it for about 11 years, and that's how Ryan and I met. Uh, so for me, that is this sort of like exploration of both the capabilities of our bodies, but a form of play, and then also this like great way to sort of apply the problem-solve puzzle part of my brain <laughs> and figuring out new ways to, to move um, next to the... The bus over there is the giant bird cage. It's one of my aerial toys. So I've done shows and that, that looks as it gets so and raised up. So yeah, this big giant aerial rig um, is, is my version of a toy. <laughs> but we'll also use it for science experiments, hoisting things up, dropping, you know, contraptions that the kids have built to like, you know, protect an egg and things like that. Um, there's tunnels underneath the stage that they can explore. 
We're going to take this airplane, which is a model of a World War II trainer plane. So it was actually never built to fly. It was built, this style of plane was built to train pilots how to maneuver on the ground. Um, but there's a replica that was made by some folks up in Wyoming and given to us. It's going to get welded on top of that shipping container next weekend. And then a railing will get put up there with a fun way up and uh, yeah, maybe th that's where the, s the skis are going to end up going on, creating the that's the railing, cute. the banister. Um, yeah, and so this whole space is getting transformed into outdoor hangout with lots of opportunities for kids and adults to play in all these different versions of play. We're going to build a tree fort in that tree eventually, which could also be a DJ booth for outdoor parties <laughs> and party shows. That's <laughs> great. And you have a horrible backdrop over there. It's yeah. not very pretty. No, yeah. <laughs> we get to enjoy the flat irons. Um, our giraffe here was built by an artist down in Denver, Mitch Hoffman, out of way more pieces of junk than I can count. But there's <laughs> lots of awesome treasure hidden inside of him. Joe, was the mural already there? Or no, we hired an artist, Drew Button, to paint this mural. Um, we started ideating over this back in you know kind of lockdown zoom mode yeah. so with him over zoom and i think that we got on the tangent of cephalopods from him seeing my tattoo through the screen and we landed here because he had done a bunch of awesome octopus drawings and sketches that i had seen in his portfolio but for me the octopus represents kind of like this perfect example of divergent thinking in mm -hmm. nature, you know, as we think of divergence is all the ways in which we can approach something differently, approach a problem or approach survival as an animal differently, an intelligent species that survives in such a different way from <laughs> everything else, you know, a, such a different form of intelligence. So that's fascinating. Yes, our, our octopus, we call her the mother. <laughs> She's holding on to all of her eggs and the building and kind of releasing her little intelligent spawn how much out into the world. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great analogy. <laughs> What's the square footage of the outdoor area and the indoor area? Outdoor is around 6,000 square feet. And then inside we have about 3,500. So we can, um, we've been focusing our build on the outdoor space for the past year, knowing that folks were going to feel more comfortable gathering outside, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, our next big step is turning the inside into more of a funky coffee shop vibe. So behind me, there are some desk out, desks outlining where we're going to be building a cafe counter bar mm -hmm. and a small back of house that'll get built here. Um, we're working on getting a full liquor license, so families will be able to come in. Um, essentially, the, the, the model as a museum will be that kids are a $10 admission, but then there'll be punch cards and memberships that bring that cost down, so hopefully inviting people to come back often. But it's free for adults. So as a parent, you can bring a friend, have a cup of coffee, have a glass of wine, you know, have <laughs> a happy hour, and your kids are playing, and there's staff playing with them, and you get to sit back and relax, which I feel like is not something that's been heavily explored in the no, museum No, you are community going to be center. beloved by all moms <laughs> in the area. <laughs> That's fantastic. And we'll have food trucks on the weekend, but then we'll also have um, local you know, snacks and sandwiches and salads and things like that available in the cafe. 
The inside will have lots of flex tables and seating, but we will be, <laughs> the mess in this corner um, will turn into an indoor play structure. So hopefully by this winter when everybody is ready to hide inside from the cold, we'll have some physical play and exploration that'll be able to happen inside. <laughs> Different leveled platforms with nooks for spaces for kids to hang out and um, climb through and also platforms large enough to, to be able to do things like open mic nights and speakers and things inside. This is so fun. Yeah, so uh, Drew, who did the outdoor mural, also did our indoor mural here. Early on in the concept phase of the outdoor mirror, mural, the eggs were going to have these little critters that were like the perfect blend of the animal with the human version of that adaptation in innovation form. The texture of the building made it clear that doing that was going to be too much, but he developed these six different animals that were kind of these cool, like, mash-up mutants. So <laughs> he did the elephant, saxophant <laughs> on this wall for us. And we'll go ahead and just walk upstairs so I can show you the full space. Hi, everybody. Um, this is going to function more like a classroom or workshops where we'll be able to hold classes and also do projects so when we're open during public hours there might be a project of the day happening up here where kids can come up build let's say it's rubber band boats or something like that <laughs> lots of different materials that they'd be able to choose from that maybe they can go somewhere else in the space and test their creation like in the bathtub come back up and fix it tinker again um, so having kind of this like more hands-on um, you know, different form of like focus play mm -hmm. as opposed to the physical outdoor play that they'll find outside. Yeah, right? this place definitely looks like it's gonna be just as fun for the adults mm -hmm. as the kids. Hope so. What was it before, Jill? This was a printing company called ah. Printers. It was behind me, I'll actually turn it on. They left their neon sign here. Oh, fun. <laughs> so, Leo, another one of our co-founders that's our web and branding guy turned into sort of our own little art piece to pay <laughs> homage to what used to be here. Um, but yeah, it was an old printing company and the lot that we've transformed into the Adventure Playground was just a, a beat up, cracked up asphalt parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, not much longer than a year ago. So yeah, we've come a long ways. Jill, how do families find out more about when you're opening or sign up for a newsletter? Yeah, great. Follow you on social media? Um, www.junkyardsocialclub.org. There is a button on there to get added to the newsletter. Mm -hmm. um, program button where you can find out about summer camps, booking a private event in our space. It's been a great way for us to, to test our play structures to bring people in on kind of smaller, more controlled um, experience moments so we're happy to happy to do that on the weekends and yeah and we'll keep updates on there for when we'll be ready to open you can also follow us on facebook and instagram at junkyard social club that's amazing well thank you so much for spending time with us and telling colorado about what you're up to yeah, of i course. can't wait to come back when it's open yeah and just vibing with lots of people here so i'm excited to do that and i wish you all the best in getting you, to that launch time yeah wonderful all Thank right. you for coming up, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Heidi's Colorful Colorado. If you enjoyed this conversation, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And definitely follow me on Instagram to keep up with my latest adventures. In the meantime, happy trails from me, Heidi Ganahl.